0: into the unknown and taking courageous action, as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Brian is the founder and president of Esposito Intellectual Enterprises, a holding company of over 20 years of work, business startups and investments. In the interview, Brian shares how his world turned upside down when a drunk driver hit him in 2016 and how he turned that into a positive by creating companies that can continue to operate without him. He shares that if he doesn't feel a connection with somebody at a grounded level, he doesn't do business with that person. Hi Brian, welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hi Summit, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: And before we jump in right for our listeners, can you share a little bit of who you are and what do you do? Of course. And again, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. So my name is Brian J. Esposito. I'm the CEO and founder of Esposito Intellectual Enterprises. It's an over 20 year professional career that I've built a holding company. It's wholly owned by me at the top level. Underneath that, there's well over now 100 companies in my holdings that equates over 200 joint ventures around the world and proudly operating in over 25 different industries. And if you look at it from an outsider, I like to describe it as incredible products, technology, services, IP that are inside of these holdings. These companies are run by exceptional management that we put in place, and then that is supported and protected by best-in-breed accounting, legal, compliance, and regulatory. We even have a private security division that protects a lot of our key IP and key personnel. And then that is further supported with our private banking, investment banking, and strategic capital partners to help fuel these businesses. So what I love to do over the last five to pretty much over five years now is I perfected my model where what I built is it's an ecosystem of value. I get invited into startups, even up to Fortune 500 companies, and help these companies succeed, grow, and become profitable. Anything, I don't go out into the market saying I'm going to build the next unicorn. I'm very old school in my methodologies and principles where if you want to be in business, you got to have revenues. And if you want to stay in business, you need to be profitable. So when I work with these startups or even failing large corporations, it gets really fun and exciting to look at what am I holding that can make them more valuable, help them succeed, open up new markets, and open up new profitable business. So that's what I love to do. It's very rewarding for me. And it helps justify the journey that I've been on, which has been turbulent at many times. Thank
0: you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's quite a unique model, right? 100 plus different companies. Can you share some of those turbulent moments and what have you learned and then implemented for the
1: future? Yeah, it started almost immediately in my professional career. So in the late 90s, I built the first B2B, B2C e-commerce platform for the beauty industry. I was first to build a website basically to distribute beauty products and personal care products. We service salons and retail consumers around the world. I also had stores and traditional distribution in place. And that was the first of many times where I created the first of its kind type of technologies or disruptive moments in industry. And when you do that, you piss off a lot of people. So I was constantly at a 20-year-old kid, constantly bombarded with lawsuits from other distributors, large retailers saying that I was disrupting their business by opening up this new channel. I was infringing on my distribution rights, which I wasn't, so I had to quickly learn that life is very difficult and when you wanna try to do great things, sometimes whether it's the universe or jealous people wanna try to harm you and prohibit that from happening. So a lot of people go into the corner and cry, why me? And that's just not my style. I know that's not gonna help solve the problem, so I had to get scrappy, fight back, find the right legal. Uh, and ultimately, I learned from that experience to turn problems into potential opportunities. So, anybody that was potentially suing me, like it was a, if it was a brand, for example, or a retailer, well, I was very open and active with them. I actually built a relationship with them, and ultimately, I probably wound up doing business with them. I did the same thing with looking at bills for legal and accounting. A lot of them, a lot of companies say, "Hey, these are really expensive line item bills." For our company, I look at it like there are marketing opportunities. I go to my legal and my accounting. I say, yeah, I'll use your services and we'll grow together, but you have to connect me with other clients within your portfolio of clients that I can do business with and we can grow together and we can prosper together. So I always try to look at problems or negativity and turn it and say, there's always a solution or an upside here. From there, I launched a lot of exceptional brands and products that became billion-dollar brands and why my model it is what it is today. When I was launching these brands and products, I was just a distributor or the retailer. I should have been getting equity into those brands. I was helping these brands grow. I was a big part of their story. So when they had a liquidity event or a larger company bought them out, not only did I have no connection to the upside or equity ownership, I also lost the brand and the distribution because those other companies have their own distribution. That's when I said I can't do this anymore. So I started building my own everything i built apparel companies i went to the music industry and launched a band i built technology and my mindset: if i need something i don't want to continue to partner with people and help make them more wealthy and, and hope that they do the right thing back to me i want to own as much as i possibly can and invite people into my world rather than people using me and inviting me into their world and then that opened up a whole other cans of problems and issues and The biggest turbulent time in my history was in 2016. A drunk driver hit me head on outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I had 30 or so companies in my holdings doing what I thought was quite well. And that was the first domino where I began to lose everything. So my whole world turned upside down. I realized I was the glue for everything. If you took me out of the equation, there was nothing there to keep things going. The executives I had in place were not the right people. The support I had in place was not the right support. So once again like I mentioned before I turned someone almost killing me into a positive where I'm glad she hit me cuz she could have killed somebody or ruined the family I'm still here and she forced me to change my entire model which took me many years to do I had to rebuild with less than nothing I didn't file bankruptcy I worked with all my creditors and debtors and worked out a plan to say, hey, listen, this is what happened. I'm gonna come back. I've done it once before, I'll do it again. And I've learned that there's always a solution and life will throw everything they possibly can at you. And there's always a a way to overcome it.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. You have said it so simply, and I'm still taking it in, (laughs) the enormity of, and the duration of what you have just shared, right? So I want to ask you, right, with that accident, it's in hindsight, it's easy to say I'm grateful for like what that created for me. But in the short term, when it was happening, can you share how it felt and then how you overcame it and how that learning then led to those changes in the future?
1: Yeah. um, I think because at an early age, I've been used to problems and hurdles. So in my mind, it was just another hurdle. Now, if there was an E! True Hollywood story following me around. Yes, I was very angry and upset with humanity and the world. There were people that I co-signed for homes and cars and helped their careers. The minute that they knew, there was maybe not a paycheck in the near future. I couldn't get an hour from people. So I knew at that moment that I could very easily become bitter, jaded, and angry and hate the world. But I also knew a second later, well, what the hell is that going to do? And how's that going to help me fix this? It's only going to add more problems and more issues that I need to overcome. So I had to quickly snap out of it. Now, there's still times where I have flashbacks, like probably someone from Vietnam, like gets really upset about that moment and what I had to learn and who was in my corner, but more importantly, who I thought would be in my corner that wasn't anywhere to be found. And yeah i'm gonna keep using the word grateful i'm glad that i didn't need to rely on anybody to fix it it was ultimately kind of my issues that i had to figure out it was the structure i put in place that when that moment happened it was the wrong structure now if it happened these things move on without me which you know is kind of sad to think about but it's good because i'm a key component but they're in motion and there's the right support and the right leadership and the right strategy where I'm not that necessary glue, but yeah, hell I was very angry, very upset, very resentful at moments, but I, you know, I they were flashes because when it happened it was just a quick flash and I said I got to keep moving. I can't focus on that. That's not going to help me make money. I believe one of my unique abilities is to connect with people. My light, the way that I generally like people and you know people trust me and they know that what I say is genuine and real and true. I knew that was my currency how i can rebuild that if i was to go meet somebody and be angry and pissed they're not going to want to work with me so i realized that i'm the value that's going to be moving this thing forward and i'm going to rebuild it in a much better fashion and it, very interestingly enough if in 2016 i didn't get into a car accident but i knew my structure was wrong i wouldn't even know how to fix it it was like I needed that band-aid to be ripped off. I needed the entire thing to collapse and be destroyed so you can rebuild. So that's how I looked at it. It could be insane justification and rationalization. I could be called a psychopath, but that's how I had to look at it and be numb to kind of what happened in the world and some of the humanity issues that I faced and just you know compartmentalize that and rebuild.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And right as you're sharing the companies are not dependent on you anymore. And anyways, it can they cannot be when you have a portfolio of hundred plus companies, right? So this was about you. But when it comes to finding other leaders, finding other people to support you to be partners, how do you see or which skills do you see and which red flags make you wary of
1: partnering with Yeah. And anybody listening, I don't no insult to anybody. This is just what works for me. I, I don't judge anybody, but I need very humble empathetic, grounded people. I don't need people bragging about all their nice things, flashing me their watch, telling me about their fancy vacations or that they're boarding a private plane. To me, that's I go deaf when that happens. I turn down more business than I take. If I don't feel a natural connection with somebody at a very grounded, humble level. I will not go into business with you. I don't care if we can make a billion dollars. It will not happen. And I just, I think as you grow and as you evolve, you become more connected with who you are. As long as you're evolving, some people seem to get stuck or they just can't get out of that constant negativity trap or keep surrounding themselves with toxic people. I've learned that you got to cut them out like a cancer and you got to surround yourself with really good, positive, supportive people. And a lot of the time, they're not your closest friends or family. They're people that you meet on your journey that you can just connect with them at an airport and all of a sudden you feel like you've known them for your entire lifetime and they're your closest confidant. So for me, those red flags are anybody that's driven or guided by materialistic things or money. To me, money's a byproduct of good people doing good work. But if you're solely driven by money, that means you'll put me in harm's way because your ultimate goal is to get that money or that more mm-hmm. money. So you'll do anything possible to get it. And I love being someone that can, a lot of these startups that I find or that find me, they're sitting with such amazing something and they just don't have the right relationships. And I hate that about life, but it truly is who you know. My journey and career have been meeting exceptionally wonderful people, nurturing those relationships, very rarely ever asking anything from those relationships, but always providing value. So when I can connect a startup with a company or a person or a CEO that I've known for a day or I've known for 20 years with an opportunity, it's so amazing to see that a founder, their soul lights up, their eyes get bigger. They realize there's a chance. And for me, I didn't have the support that I give when I built what I built. So it's really rewarding for me to give all of these founders and startups or, you know, any company that's on some sort of a path that needs a little extra something, To be that support system for them because I know what they need, it's addicting. To me, it's a drug to help them and help them succeed and be part of that story with them. I, I love it. I rinse and repeat it every day.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And as you said, right, it's not about the money. So what is it about helping and supporting these companies? What motivates you at the end of the day?
1: Yeah, that's a key piece. And just... Doing everything I can with this life that I've been given to leave some kind of positive mark is key to me. I don't need a parade. I don't need to be on the cover of Forbes magazine. Old me wanted to aspire to be that, but right now it's just knowing that I helped somebody somewhere do something good and left a positive mark. Right now I feel like I can leave today and feel like I did that, so I'm happy with what I've done. I've done so much more in my career than I ever thought. I used to sell nail polish. Now we're building hotels. We're launching wireless networks around the world. We're bigging building huge new types of securities. So it's amazing where life can go as long as you learn, evolve, and grow. It's so key. And you the only way you do that is if you take ownership and stock in yourself and you take accountability for things that you've done wrong, things that you may have said wrong. You need to that's your training when you say, okay, I was wrong when I did that. It's so hard for people to say that for some reason, but nobody's perfect. So when you can say, I didn't do that right, next time I can do better, that's how you evolve to the next level. That's how you grow and that's how you really build great relationships. And I believe that's how you do great things.
0: Yeah, thank you for adding that. And I think one of the things which I am sensing is that notion of learning continuously, right? And one of the things which we, we learn from is failure. But many times, so what I have seen with uh, leaders or with entrepreneurs, that success can often be more challenging than a failure because success can really trip you off. Can you share your experiences with, uh, with success or the people that you support or work with? How has that created some good, obviously success is good, but how has that created some challenging opportunities or challenging situations? And how have you dealt with that?
1: Yeah, I hit success early on when I good timing, taught myself to code, built a great website and launched over 1200 brands. I wish that didn't happen. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't seasoned for that. I mean, I learned on the go what, what I felt was right. I also listened to people that I shouldn't have. I'm an entrepreneur since early teenagers. Like I've always been building and finding opportunities and creating value. The hardest thing, and now the age gap for me being 42 is a lot different than it was when I was 20. I would be in rooms with incredibly seasoned CEOs, chairmen. I was inviting some crazy opportunities and I may have known more than the person speak or knew what they should have done or what they should be doing, but I didn't have a voice to, at that moment. That's one of the hardest things that for success in an early age is that you're dismissed and people know more because they've been through more and there's some legitimacy to that, but also I know I'm an old soul and I know things that I shouldn't have known. So the hardest thing for my success early on and why I was in a position where I had lost everything was that I didn't have a strong voice and I didn't know, I didn't have the strength to push people away that shouldn't have been in my inner circle. So I like people, I like to help people. I don't know if that makes me, something wrong with me in that capacity because I've always, I've helped people that sued me. Like it's crazy the situations that I've been in that... When you're, people mistake kindness for weakness, and I always want to try to help everybody that I meet, and it's just, it's natural for me, so I don't like going against that. But what you learn with success is, somebody does you wrong. There's a certain characteristic about that person. I'll just call them number two. I don't like using a name, but so number two does you wrong. Okay, you you learn from that and hopefully you overcome it and hopefully you don't have any resentment towards them because you have to, again, look inward. I was the one that allowed number two to be in my life. I was the one that allowed that situation to happen. So that's all on me. Their actions is on them for it to affect my life is on me. Now you fast forward a month, a year, 10 years later, you meet somebody that resembles number two's characteristics. Your job is to not do anything with that person because you've already experienced it. So most of my career was correcting problems. Most of my relationships that I built were people reaching out to me because I'm very good at fixing problems. Now, because I've got, I think, more experience than many, now my value is preventing these problems from happening in the first place. So that's part of the shift in growth, new levels of success. And the availability of my time is because I don't use things like Facebook or Instagram or get consumed in that noise and also I'm not spending a bulk of my day dealing with drama chaos or problems I'm dealing with growth I'm dealing with great opportunities because I'm working with sane people for lack of a better word just people that want to do good work they don't have any ulterior motives and it's good and the minute I sense anybody in my world that may be off got to go there's not a there's not even one chance there's just if i sense it they got to go because i've already been there i've already done that i already had that dance and i'm not i refuse to do it again
0: yeah and how do you build that balance right you use the word sane but that sanity is often in the balance right so do you you talked about groundedness earlier and yes that is important but it's also very important to have confidence to have a vision right to have especially in these times when leaders are not just required to hold their own, but also take their team or lift their team up. So where do you draw the line between confidence, ambition, and at the same time, maintaining that groundedness?
1: Yeah, well, I probably should replace the word sane with rational, because in my vision, I am insane. My grand vision of what I want to accomplish, it's definitely not sane. So i rather use the word rational. You can't do anything with irrational people, so that's key. So you have to understand, is this person rational or not? Is there something off about their motivation? So the balance of having grand visions, we need that. That's the exciting thing about life. Some things are unattainable, so you can't go after an unattainable vision that you don't have the resources, the strategy, the know-how. Like, I think you need to walk that line to get there. Now, what's really exciting for me is that because I have all these different holdings and all this different access, there's really nothing I can't go to To say, hey, we want to bring this to market. I can go, okay, get this girl, get this guy, call this firm, and we go. That's amazing. And we've done that. We've brought things to market in lightning speed at economic cost and supported it with great vision, strategy, and distribution or marketing. So... I think everybody should have amazing visions and goals and dreams, but you need to also have self reward and feel valued. And if you're aiming for something that's unattainable, you're going to have a negative result on your value and your confidence. So look at the baby steps. Move an, I always say, move an inch a day at the end of the month, you move 30 inches. So just be in motion, feel good about yourself, take a moment and take stock. And, rewarding yourself and what you have accomplished and never compare yourself to anybody else. If I woke up every morning and compared myself to Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, I'd feel like a complete failure. I'd feel like it's so inadequate, I'd have no confidence to get through the day. So look at what you can accomplish, find these baby milestone moments where you're like, wow, look what I just did. That was really cool. I'm proud of myself. Say out loud that you're proud of yourself. And, so, and don't look at your inner circle to ever say that they're proud of you because you'll be disappointed every time you need to find a new parallel inner circle that are people that are entrepreneurial spirited that are professionals that are that understand the strange dna that we have to just do what we do because it is insanity what we do it's not the norm it's not safe but we can not help it we want to build we want to create we want to leave our mark on this world so you need to have two lives, your inner circle of family and friends that are never going to get you. But when you make it, they're going to be your biggest fans. But until you make it, they're never going to get you. And then you have that parallel inner circle of your professional colleagues and confidants and allies that believe in you, that root you on, that cheer you on. Yeah. Yeah. And it
0: seems to me that you have a tremendous level of self-awareness, right? Not just going through the journey, but also being an observer to the journey. And that allows you to make decisions where many people would not even have that space to. Can you share what have you done or how do you invest in yourself to build that level of awareness to be able to slow down, even in that insane speed sometimes, yeah. uh, and then to take those decisions?
1: I think I do that daily through helping others. I think that's my therapy for lack of a better word. I think well, as I'm p- portraying my experiences or my suggestions, I never tell people what to do. I give real life experiences and this is what I believe the outcome would be. And a lot of these founders, I'm there to support them. I'm not there to dictate where they go. And it's really also important for me to have them get beat up a little bit because they need to go through certain levels of life experiences, setbacks and struggles because that's what's gonna make them seasoned to be able to really build a company and overcome anything. But I like being there as a support system or a foundation where I won't let it go too far and I'm always there to help them get out of a jam. But I think my self-awareness is, I just know I've grown, I know I've faced more struggles than not. So I think I'm used to, I know I'm gonna leave this interview and there's gonna be an issue. And I I don't get slapped in the face like that or set back. It doesn't set me back. It's like, okay, here we go. Here's something we need to figure out. It could be a level one, it could be a level 10 and we figure it out and I'm just, I've been on that journey since a young age, so I'm not phased by anything except, again, back to earlier, I just know that I have to continuously not be jaded by life. Otherwise, my entire world crumbles because my spirit is what allows things to happen. But I just got to be a smarter spirit every new day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how do you support the leaders that work with you to help them grow? and be on the same wavelength as you
1: are, right? Well, a lot of the time it's just them being on calls with me and when it's my time to speak and, or in rooms with me and see how I articulate the strategy or solve the problem or prevent the problem. And it's real life experiences that allow them to whether absorb what I'm saying or not, it's up to them. But you know, there's that and there's also connecting them with the right resources and tools to help them succeed and the right relationships to help them succeed. So, I mean, every day I get messages from all these companies or founders or new members of management that say, wow, it's amazing what you're able to do. You know, what's also interesting too is uh, there's a lot of insecure, jealous people out there, which we all know. A lot of companies early on when I was perfecting this model, they were so insecure and intimidated by me when all I'm there doing is trying to help them. They couldn't handle that. It was like they were it was the term peacocking I like to use. They were trying to compete with me that they know more people or that they can do more things. Go and do it. You're the one that brought me into your company. Go and do the what you want to do. I'm here to help. So I took psychology in college and marketing. So I love observing people. I love observing their actions, and you know, I could just sit and watch people all day. So. Yeah, you have to know some of those things so you don't internalize it on things that maybe is nothing you're doing. It's just somebody else's insecurities that are portraying negatively on you trying to help. And I think we've all been in this situation where we sit back and say, why is that person acting like that? Sometimes it's not on you, but what is on you is if you take that relationship further and that person now starts to negatively affect your life. You can't have that. Life is way too short and precious. Um, It could be cold, but even certain family members if if anybody's causing you any stress anxiety grief or any type of negative toxic experiences you have to put them in a timeout for a little bit and focus on what makes you happy does it's not selfish to be happy you get one life do what you got to do to mm-hmm. make it happy so it's just how i think and how i move forward every day
0: yeah yeah and, and again it takes a level of awareness to observe whether somebody's communication is coming from a place of being insecure or jealousy or something like that. But like I would like to also put you on the spot a bit here. Do you also observe your own insecurity or imposter syndrome coming up? And then how do you deal with the internal pressure, but also the work pressure of tasks and deadlines that that mm-hmm. it comes with?
1: Uh, that goes to, see, I'm a very on and off the plate person. So there's never a pile up of things that I need to get done. So my level of insecurities is always based around if I promise somebody I'm going to do something, I'm a man of my word, I always do what I say I'm going to do. Now, this is where communication comes in place where I put a lot of pressure on myself, the timeline of that. Some things it takes a second, some things can take years, but as long as the understanding is there is I'm committed to helping X accomplish Y. Now, things could come up. Uh, interference could block that there could be hurdles and structures outside issues that could cause that to go off path so my biggest insecurity is accomplishing what I said I'm gonna do then I, and I deal with that daily with a lot of the promises that I have out to the companies that I work with to the partnerships that I have but as long as we're moving forward everybody feels good that hey we're getting there you know but maybe it took a little bit longer maybe something came up that set us back a little bit. But as long as there's always momentum, my levels of professional insecurity are always in check because, hey, I can always point to something that's tangible and say, hey, look what we're accomplishing. We're getting there.
0: Yeah. And you spoke about your insane vision. Can you share a bit about that? What is the insane vision for your future?
1: I think it's, you know, right now it's what I've perfected with this chapter three, I guess, of my professional career. It's happening now that I have all these great companies, all these great relationships, and now it's, do I continue to scale this and do more and more? Or do I have a moment where I start to get selfish in what are my own personal needs and wants? Because I've never focused on that outside of high school. I've never focused on what I want. So that's where I'm currently at in a pivotal moment of my life is, do I continue this? Cause I, I have a, I use an expression, you can't be half pregnant. I don't know how to go and go after my personal aspirations and goals and desires, what I want from me, not work-wise, like what I want from me. How do I do that successfully and give it 100%? And then how do I go after my professional continued career 100%? I don't see how you can do both effectively. And some people take sabbaticals, but in my mind, if you did that and you left the machine that you've built, but you're not putting oil in it and you're not servicing it and maintaining it, whatever time you took off is going to get negated because all that whatever is erased because now you got a bunch of issues that you need to fix or all these things are off track. So I have to either... Continue to go all in with what I'm doing, which I'm fine with. I love what I'm doing. Or I need to make a decision and say, hey, what do I really want? And what do I really want to focus my time on?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that resonates quite well with me because there was a time when I was also pulled towards giving a lot and there would hardly be a moment I could remember that I did something only for myself. And what I realized over time was that it was a way of avoiding something. And the more I learned to like direct my own attention or my own reward systems at myself, eventually I became better or at least I'm more at peace. And that helped my giving as well, right? So rather than being an either or to what you're saying, sometimes it can be that paradox that by giving yourself a vacation or giving yourself, like, treating yourself lavishly sometimes can allow that giving to flow even more, right? So is there something which rings a bell?
1: Yeah. No, I love what you're saying. I'm glad you had that experience to know that you can understand where I'm coming from as far as what do you do? (laughs) I'm (laughs) very grateful that what I have and what I've built and what I continue to build. So no regrets, except I wish I I I had more of a voice early on in my career where I knew the right things to do. I just had the wrong people in my ear and the extremely wrong supports or anti-support system in my corner. And it's going to be nice, I think, to maybe focus on an aspect of life where I don't have to worry. I think I've worried since the womb. It's just mm-hmm. Italian, so you're, just, you're riddled with guilt and worry, so it's just part yeah. of our DNA. But I'd like to get to a point where just be at peace, right? Just be calm and be at peace. And I love that I've always been wired not to focus on outside noise and chaos and people get consumed with politics or... Governments and all this, uh, all these things that are just—we have no control over. Well, powers that be are going to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. That's happened since the beginning of time, or the beginning of humanity. So my mind is—I can't focus on that or have that disrupt my day because I have so many other good things to focus on. So anybody listening and people that watch this in the future is—they just try to focus on what you can control create your own little bubble of happiness and joy find something you love to do every day even if it's just for a few minutes and that's your reward that's your peace and life is not easy you are not alone more money doesn't mean more happiness you know it just, just you can't rely on things and money to make you happy because if that's the case you're going to be chasing it for the rest of your life and you're going to be a lost soul and never be happy so find what makes you happy you don't need a lot to be to find joy and unfortunately things like Instagram and Facebook has made this keeping up with the joneses at a very unhealthy level where everybody's aspiring to find joy and happiness and that means boarding a private plane that means sitting on a hut in in bali it just it, this is not this is fantasy it's not reality so you know just just find what makes you happy create a little bubble for yourself and do everything you can to block out the anxiety the fears and the stresses that media and governments and politics present to
0: us 24-7. Yeah. Thank you. And before we wrap up, right, since we spoke about peace and always being like in that state of worry, is there some activity, is there something which you do like on a regular basis outside of work, right? Outside of the companies that you have, which gives you that peace, which gives you, which allows you to
1: let go of that being in control, being like in, in worry, I need more of that, but I definitely love old movies and old westerns types of shows. So that's my escape. I do that every night. I'll watch. I'll flip on YouTube and start going through old Johnny Carson shows, and that's my therapy. That's my escape, and you know that that's my joy right now is to just t- turn off my day and my world and get lost in something. It's usually old classics and music. Absolutely love love creating and listening to music. Creating as well, right? Yeah, creating. We have a great music holdings. I get to work with a lot of amazing artists. And when you go into a studio, just like a business a startup, when you go into a studio with nothing and you've got the musician, the singer, mm. the artist, the writer, the engineer, the producer, and this great group of people, and you leave that studio eight hours or eight weeks later and you have a piece of history and a piece of IP. And whether it sounds good or not, that's secondary. But the fact that you create something from nothing... In that environment is, I love that. It's a great visual to see that what amazing people can do in a room together, and what you can accomplish.
0: Thank you, thank you for sharing that. I think that's so to the point, right? Because many times, arts or creativity is actually what is happening in in business and entrepreneurship as well, right? Creating something from nothing. I think that's beautiful. You said, and and you said that it takes you away from, but maybe it it also gives you or brings you closer. To something entirely else, different.
1: Absolutely, Simon, hundred percent,
0: perfect. So, so as we end, right? Is there any place I can direct people to if somebody's listening, they want to reach out to you, they want to find out more about you? What are some of those links or channels that you are uh, like you want to be reached?
1: At? Sure, I'm always accessible, as you know, since we've chatted. So it's Brian J Esposito is my full name. For social media, I only use Twitter and LinkedIn. So Brian J. Esposito and both of those platforms. And then the corporate website is eie.rocks. So it's EIE Esposito Intellectual Enterprises dot rocks. And please, anybody listening, reach out to me anytime. I love to, I love to connect and meet great people.
0: Thank you, Brian, for everything that you have shared, for everything that you have done and achieved. And for everything that you're going to continue to do so in the future as well, right? So for your insane vision, but also for finding that that peace for everything. Have a good day ahead and wish you all the best.
1: You too, sir. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction not just for yourself but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future. Please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast and I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show And it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved, and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.